on this month of the Sound Rider Show. We've got Moto Word Problems, a jam-packed News bite segment, and we're going to take a deep dive into all the new 2020 models. All that and so much more. Stick around on the Sound Rider Show. Support for Sound Rider and the Sound Rider Show is made possible by... Skagit Power Sports. Check out the North Sound's largest selection of bikes from names like Yamaha, Kawasaki, KTM, and Suzuki. Located just off I-5 in Burlington, Skagit Power Sports also features a large selection of riding gear, apparel, and an experienced staff to help you along the way. Visit Skagit Power Sports today. Hi, this is Anthony with Ride Motorsports in Woodenville. Welcome to the Sound Rider Show. And now live from the Crow's Nest Studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, Join us for the latest episode of the Sound Rider Show, a candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now, here are your hosts, Tom Marin, Derek Roberts, and whoever else happens to drop by today. Motorcycle riders from across the Pacific Northwest and around the world, this is the Sound Rider Show, the holiday edition where... We may not have many Harleys in Hawaii, but we got plenty of Suzukis in SeaTac. Across from me here, publisher, founder, the gift that keeps on giving, Mr. Tom Marin, and sending my love across the Pacific Ocean with the message, Katie, I'll be your baby on a Sunday. Derek Roberts, self-appointed editor-at-large. Tom Marin, what do you think? Uh, I had to figure out what this Katie thing is. You haven't seen the uh, Katy Perry video for her new hit song, Harley's in Hawaii? Oh, no. Huh? I miss it. All right. Well, about two months ago, and they're saying this is a $40 million advertising boon to Harley Davidson because the apparently lovely Katy Perry has mentioned that in a top-charting song. Oh, nice. Now we need to get you in on that. Nice. Now we got to get the old people like me to be hip to it. <laughs> well, I think what they're trying to do is uh, maybe get the young people involved. Okay. All right. But one place where uh, the old people are hip to it is right here on the Sound Rider Show. So let's kick things off. What do you, uh, what do you got going on? What's new in your world? Well, so when you uh, went to school, um, did you enjoy doing math? Uh, not terribly so, I would not say. Yeah. So? And, uh, and then what, but what about those word problems that they had in math? Did you like those? Those were a little bit easier for me, I would say, yeah. Sometimes they're a little, they can be a little tricky. They can be, sure. So I thought, you know, it's uh, it's the winter, everybody's staying in, the holidays are coming up, and so uh, I put some time into creating some word problems for motorcyclists. Oh, very cool. So yeah. we, we have a few examples here? We do. Okay, let's we launch do. into it. But uh, I just want to tell you that uh, on my street down the road here, uh, there's a guy who's a professor at UW. All right. He's uh, both proficient in math. And he's also a professor of problem solving. Okay. So I sat down with him one day, mm -hmm. and we started uh, jotting down on a notepad uh, all this uh, coming up with all these word problems. Okay, I got you. Sure. And and it was really great stuff. So then I got home, and uh, the office cat, Dana, mm -hmm. I looked over at her at one point. She's shoving all my notes into the paper shredder. Uh-oh. So I pulled them out, got the tape out, started taping it back up, and I think it did a pretty good job. 
And so, uh, anyways, I'll just uh, we'll, yeah. we'll do a couple of them here and now. I think what Let's we'll go. do is a whole article with maybe more of them than what we're going to do right here on the show. Okay, so I just want to clarify: these are motorcycle word problems. Yeah. Okay. Salvage from the shredder. Yep. Okay, let's hear them. All right. Uh, number one. Uh, Dave left Seattle on a Monday. Joe left Los Angeles riding a Yamaha FJR 1300. Given that Dave's bike has 27 teeth in the rear sprocket, how far could Joe ride before his ABS sensor failed? <laughs> okay. I don't have an answer for you on that one. Okay, I've yeah. got the answers on all these if you can't okay. come up with it right away. All right. Uh, the answer is uh, Craftsman Tools after the 2018 Lowe's purchase. Ah, okay. <laughs> that makes sense, right? I got you. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on board now. Okay. All right. Here, here goes the second one. Uh, a 27-year-old female took her endorsement test on the 30th of the month. How many nuts can a squirrel cash knowing that the snow bike only has a half a tank of fuel? You stumped me again. Steve McQueen. Okay. <laughs> you know, if, if you had more time to think about him, sure. I know you could probably decipher them the a little bit. Okay, yeah. Well, let's see what else you got. Maybe I'll go on the third one here. I won't strike out. All right. With two dirt bikes soaring through the air, one yellow and the other headed right, how much does a pound of K&N air, air filters cost, knowing that the sidecar was only 10 years old that i'm striking out that's 0 for 3 for me mad max's lunchbox okay <laughs> so uh we're gonna we're gonna work more of these up and okay we'll have a, a nice article and will we see that in uh the december edition yeah, we'll as get the show launches here edition. okay good it, deal it, which is probably not out if you're listening to this on the first of december but but coming up shortly yeah so make sure you subscribe because you know you want to get all the good information and okay. keep yourself busy during the holidays. Yeah, so. you got to keep busy, that's for sure. So this was a professor of logic and uh, an astute motorcycle observer when they uh, when they get together. Is that how that works? Yeah. Okay. And then the cat helps. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. The more could, you know. I don't think we could have. You know, she just really fine tuned it for us. Sure. What she did. Oh, uh, all right. Uh, Next uh, topic for discussion. Yeah, let's roll along. And this here. one would probably make a little more sense. Let's talk about some holiday gifts. Yeah, that are that are some are new, some may not be so new. I think most of these are new. Yeah, I'm looking at the list that you have here, and these are some good ones, but they are all new to the scene. At least, well, fairly new to the scene, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So there's a a, a brand new helmet rack that that is out on the market. It's called the Haley Helmet Rack. It's spelled H-A-L-L-E-Y, and this is uh, a stand that sits, like, on your dresser. Right. Or you can get the wall hanger version, and it's got a, a big ball on it. You just set your helmet on top of that ball. I got you. So instead of, like, trying to hang it on something and inevitably falling to the ground, yeah. this is a, a little more stable of a platform. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and and or 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 have it make an indentation in the styrofoam inside the interior of the helmet. Okay, from hanging it on a. So how does that work then? Uh, on when you mount it on the wall, is it like a shelf? Uh, then then, the, then it, it curls out from the wall with okay. a big ball on the end of it. So there's still sort of a hook shape to it, but the ball on the end of the hook. Yeah, I got you. Okay, yeah, hundred fifty oh. bucks. It's not bad. It's not bad. If you I invest, mean, you know, in a in an expensive Arai helmet, if you shell out seven hundred bucks yeah. and you want to get the three to five year lifespan out of that, you know, pony up. And plus, you'll probably have this uh, this wall mount forever. Yeah. 
So uh, and I definitely want to take a look at it online. I don't know uh, what the website address is. You just look up Haley Helmet. Right? And that's H-A-L-L-E-Y. That's, that's correct. Haley, right. Not okay. like Bill Haley and the Comets. Right. <laughs> or the hailstorm we just had before the show. Yeah, no kidding. Kind of wild weather out here. But uh, if you do experience maybe some wild weather that leads to some mud, you might need a good pressure washer. So that's our next item, the, the muck-off pressure washer. Uh, there's, you know, there's always pressure washers around, but this is a new one. And, and one of the things I've been learning about some of the technology of cleaning devices is that uh, – or, you know, like kitchen appliances. Right. You know, if you have a blender that you've had for 10 or 15 years and you think, well, that thing's still good. Well, let me tell you, blenders are different today than they were 10 or 15 years ago. Better. They're better. Yeah. 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 I'm making these smoothies with this cycle – it's like a one-minute cycle, and right. sometimes it's going fast, sometimes it's going slow, sometimes it's pulsing. And, uh, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't got a hold of the muck-off pressure washer, but I would imagine it's going to be the latest and the greatest technology. Look for it online. It's $175. Yeah, well, and plus, you know, if you've got uh, – if you recently upgraded your motorcycle to a lithium battery so that you can power that ba- uh, blender while you're out on the trail – you could use this to clean out the bottom of your uh, your blend cup, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but you know what's cool about the new blenders? What's that? Once you get done making your food in them, uh-huh. you drop a, a couple drops of uh, liquid soap in. And you just hit the blend. And you put some water in there, and then you press the clean cycle. Oh, man. That's awesome. That's way too advanced for me. Uh, yeah, so you know, now we talked about the blender so much. Uh, my blender of choice right now is the Breville. That uh, what's it called? The Fresh and Furious. And we're looking blender. at it here in the studio. It's over there with the top off. Right. It. Yeah. Well, see, these are things that you can't get on any other motorcycle podcast. That's so. right. <laughs> and you know, uh, we're professional in the kitchen here because we got a dining magazine too, so we know what we're talking about when we're talking about kitchen appliances. Yeah. No question about that. But let's get back on the bike and let's talk about some boots, maybe, huh? All right. So uh, Cortec is going after sort of the mod market. And they've come up with a new jacket called the Skipper Jacket, which is like a like a, a fluffy flight jacket. Uh, it's, it's so it's textile, it's a textile flight jacket, like a bomber jacket. Okay. You know? And then uh, to go with that, they got some boots called the Executive Boots, and they have like a Vibram sole in them. Right. Yeah. Which is kind of nice because you know a lot of times when you buy motorcycle boots, once the soles are gone, that's it. It's over. Yeah, that's a big thing, especially for, you know, if you get into sort of the $250, $300 range, sometimes you can get replaceable soles. Mm-hmm. But uh, for even, you know, a $200 boot, I mean, that's that's a steep price to pay. So that's, that's nice that they have some easily replaceable soles on these. So it's so $189 for the jacket, $145 for the boots. And you're looking for a Cortec Skipper jacket online or the Cortec Executive boot. Oh, see, so that's not a bad little holiday uh, combo there. Yeah. If someone's looking, you know, someone special in your life saying, yeah. hey, what do you want for Christmas? It's a, a whole new whole new setup there. This is the kind of stuff you'd want to wear to Backfire Moto. Yeah. You know, just you're going to look cool wherever you go with this stuff on. I think, too, that the jacket actually has armor in the elbows and the shoulders. See, that's the most important thing about motorcycling is looking cool, as we've discussed many times on this show. Well, we want you to look cool, but we yeah. do want you to have that coverage. 
on the elbow. Absolutely. Well, you know, shoulders. I mean, I have what I would consider to be a cool motorcycle jacket, a Dionysi jacket, and that's got the the shoulders and the elbows and uh, a back insert as well. So yeah. that's more and more becoming kind of the standard across even the sort of urban collections. Did you get out of those knee pads now and you got real pants with, with uh, knee armor in them? Or are you uh, still wearing those strap-on knee pads? Well, I've always I, – for a long time, I've used, I used a Dionysi base layer that's got uh, – that I wear underneath, like, you know, whatever sort it of... It has armor? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So it's like a Bond armor kind of thing. Yeah, I've had that for years. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I very often have it on when you're criticizing me for not riding with it, but you just can't tell. Ah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm not going to start on doing your clothes so I can see if you got it on. So yeah. Well, yeah. The, HR. You're wearing it. Do we have an HR department here? <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's uh, uh, a new tube on the market. You know, like a like a neck neckerchief type of tube. Oh, sure, yeah, or a buff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's made by Vapor, which is uh, the company that we sell the shirts. We sell those Vapor sun shirts. Yeah, hat like uh, a third of the weight of cotton, but uh, yeah, it will keep you warm when you need to, or keep you cool when you need to. Yeah, right. and these are a little more heavy duty than the really super skinny, like the buff type. Sure. So, um, and the other thing about them is, and this sounds a little crazy when I first say it, they're white. But, you know, the nice thing about a white neck tube, when it gets dirty, you know it's dirty. And you know when you don't want to put it on anymore. Right. Now, a black neck tube, I don't know what that thing looks like when you, you know, maybe if you've had one and you haven't washed it all year, you should probably... Wash and see what that looks like. Well, I don't know if you want to do that or not, right? Yeah. You just well, you, I know you wouldn't want to. <laughs> you just wear it for three or four years, and yeah. then you buy a new one. I think that's the strategy. Yeah, and if you get stuck out in the woods, you could eat all the bugs off it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. No, I think uh, you know. I think white probably has some scientific properties to it, as far as reflecting sun and that kind of thing. Yeah, which is definitely. That they were probably going and for it's, so. it's it's got a fifty SPF level. Okay, well there you go. Yeah, so that'll keep the sun off you. Uh, and you can do it, you know, you can do the, like, the nine different combinations, the do-rag, right. the mask, the whatever, so. No, I think these are more and more, I would say, an essential piece of gear for motorcyclists. Like, I never ride without one, because you can use it as an insulating layer underneath your helmet. You can use it as sort of a dusk mask when you're mm-hmm. riding on uh, dirt roads, and it's just great to have in the camping kit, too, a little extra layer that you can Yeah, you can put in. on when it's cold at yeah. night. Yep. So, uh, where do you get that? Soundwriter store. There you go. Store.soundwriter.com. And it's $11 for one, and we're doing two for 20 Not a bad deal at all. So, good deal. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Now, if, uh, if you're, you know, uh, we know that the market has diminished a little bit with riders, and we need to be breeding new riders. And uh, so, you know, Strider bikes came along. They mm-hmm. got some pretty nice balance bikes that kids can get on and not, you know, not learn how to ride a bike with training wheels. Sure. Um, and then there's the uh, the Stasic company that is doing the electric throttled bicycles. I wouldn't get one of those right off the bat for a kid, but I'd get him a Strider, and then I might move him to a Stasic. Have you seen these things in action? Yeah. They haul. They go. Yeah. <laughs> They're pretty awesome, man. man. 
Yeah, I know uh, a lot of dealers around here in the Pacific Northwest have been setting up, you know, indoor track days for kids and that kind of thing, and mm-hmm. they have a lot of fun. I know uh, Northwest Harley uh, down in Lacey just came, uh, just finished one up, and I believe uh, Cycle Barn uh, also just finished one up. They so, did, and then yeah. we got one on December seventh up at Skagit Power Sports. Well, see, so they're all uh, they're all out there. So if you're looking for a a Christmas gift that is really going to uh, put a smile on your kid's face. And, be a good way to go. And then beyond the Stasic, if you want to get a motorized bike, there's these new SSR mini bikes that are kind of like the old Honda Mini Trails. Sure. And they're not expensive. They're they're eight hundred dollars. Woo! For a, a replica Honda Mini Trail? Well, it's not a replica. Well, but I mean, but I mean a, it's a small mini bike. Yeah. 50, you know, seventy seventy CCs for eight hundred dollars. That's a good deal. It's a great deal. It's yeah. half the price of like you know the the Japanese brands. Sure. Uh, so the the Strider is ninety dollars. You can find them all over the place now. Uh, the Stasics are six hundred and fifty dollars. A little steeper, yeah. And then the SSR seventies are eight hundred, and that's with an automatic transmission. But right there, you have a, a three year Christmas gift giving plan for your little one. You just move yeah. them right up the chain. Yeah, or if right? you got like three kids, you just get one of each. And then uh, you just pass them on. Yeah, bunch of hand-me-downs. That's right. And when the, when the oldest gets out of the uh, SSR, then you give them the Strider. And, I don't know. Right back to the beginning. Yeah, I was thinking then you, them g- over then you give them your old motorcycle so you can buy a new one. Oh, that's right? a good idea, yeah. yeah. All right. And then the last thing I have here is uh, you know, everybody's got a bike they like. So why not give that person a either a, a replica model? Of the bike, or in some cases, you can actually buy the motor as a model. And this is uh, to, to be assembled, right? This yeah. is not just a, a decorative piece. Yeah, so there's like a, a Honda CB750 motor on Amazon that you can buy. Is that in or out of a bottle? It's, it's, it's out. Okay. Because it's like a one sixteenth size. I got you. Well, yeah. I, I, you know, I wanted to clarify there for everybody. I haven't seen one in a bottle yet. Have you ever done any uh, motorcycle models, anything like that? That's that's not my wheelhouse. You know, I didn't. When I was a kid, I used to do cars all the time. Okay. And then I did do a motor. My father bought me the Wankel. Oh, really? The the Mazda rotary motor. Yeah. And I built it. No kidding. And it never worked. <laughs> I had something not right, but I don't know what it was. But anyways, uh, okay, so that's kind of our uh, couple ideas for yeah, holiday, holiday gifts, gifts there. Yeah. Um, let's take a little break, and when we come back, we've got the news bites. Support for the Soundwriters Show is provided in part by... Valentine Motorworks, Seattle's independent service shop specializing in BMW motorcycles and beyond. Call or visit them to discuss your next service or restoration project soon. Find them online at valentinemotorworks.com. Hello, my name is Don Harvey, and I'm from Preston, Washington. And totally unrehearsed, one of my favorite rides in the Pacific Northwest, a day ride, let's say, is on the Olympic Peninsula, the High Steel Bridge, and up over the pass to Lake Wayanuchi, and just make a nice loop and a good day of it. One of my favorite places to go if I have a nice weekend in the Pacific Northwest. Hi, this is Andrew from Scorpion XO, and you're listening to The Soundwriter Show.
back in the Crow's Nest studio here on the Sound Rider Show. And let's dive right in, into the News bite segment. Uh, we've got some interesting things going on, even though it is getting into that wintertime section here in the riding season. There's some cool stuff happening, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. So let's kick it off. Let's talk about some electric scooters. Yeah, so we've, we've seen uh, electric scooters kind of come and go and never really cement themselves into the market yet. But we are seeing electric motorcycles cementing themselves into the market. And a lot of new patents being dropped recently, too. Yeah. And so uh, Seattle Cycle Center, they're a genuine scooter dealer. And Genuine Scooter is coming with electric scooters uh, just about the time you hear this show. Very interesting. So they're going to hit the floor in December. And... um, they run somewhere between like twenty six hundred to four thousand, depending on the model you want. Um, they're called Nui's, I think is how you say it. Okay, or new or something. Not, it's a funny spelling. It's like N I U. So I think I've heard a little bit about these, and these are really kind of primarily designed for the metro commuter, somebody yep. who lives in an urban area and is maybe riding what. 15 miles a day at yeah, max. Yeah, and I don't think you're going to be taking these on the freeway. I don't right. think they're big enough to do that. Not yet. But it's cool to see the uh, continued development in this, in sort of the the electrical line here because we need, obviously, some more players than just Zero and the uh, the now-deceased Alta out there. And I know Harley's mm-hmm. obviously getting in on it. But we're about to hit that critical mass, I feel like, where we're going to, we're going to get somewhere that is really meaningful for the motorcycle community. And I'm glad to see a company that already does – uh, you know, gas engine. Yes. Motor, or, or, well, they do do some motorcycles too, uh, but scooters. And uh, and so then I don't think that they're going to fade away like Alta did. Right. Yeah, because they have a whole other industry sort of supporting them. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick sidebar on this. Any uh, any thoughts on the rumors that – did you see Tesla? They brought out this new pickup truck, right? Yeah, it looked like a doorstop. Right, it's a little interesting, but did you hear that there also might be working on an electric motorcycle? No. Because one of the things in this truck, and they loaded up an ATV at the end, but you can plug in to the truck to charge your your ATV. So now there's rumors that Tesla might be getting in on the electric motorcycle game in some capacity, and uh, that would be very interesting for battery technology, to say the least, I think. And then would you buy that online, like you buy the car online? I would imagine so, yeah. Because that's what you do now. You just buy your Tesla online. Yeah, I mean, a dealer. I'd imagine that that's what they, they have at least planned. But I thought I'd just throw that in there since we were talking electric scooters to see how that shakes out in the next two or three years. Hmm. Well, we'll see. But the, the good news is we got some reality coming right now. That's right. Yep, something and you can get your hands on. I know they're already taking uh, pre-orders on these. I don't know if there's any state or government. I don't, I don't know if it's the same kind of discounts that – people were getting before oh as far as rebates for yeah, going rebates, green yeah. that kind of thing yeah, yeah that's a good question hmm i don't know we'll have to see yeah stay tuned uh what else okay uh speaking of seattle cycle center last year at this time they ran a special deal and the deal was if you brought in five cans of non-perishable foods that you could get 20 percent off any accessory item or or apparel in the store. Which is a fantastic deal. Which is a fantastic deal. Yeah. So I called up Ryan the other day. I said, are you in? You're going to do it again? He says, yeah, we'll do it again. Outstanding, so, yeah. Smoking deal. If you wanted to buy a new Rye helmet, 
You go in with your five cans of food and you take 20% off. That's pretty awesome. Steep discount. And we're talking a great selection, not just of helmets, but of jackets, yeah. uh, textile gear, gloves, boots, Alpen stars they carry now. So lots of good things to look out for. The Cortep Skipper jacket. There you go. Yeah. Or the Executive Boots. Uh, let's see. Wenatchee Power Sports has been sold. And the new owner is a gentleman named Brendan Montgomery from Cleelum who is a power sports enthusiast. Um, and he says he's up to his neck and alligators already. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would say a big congratulations to Brandon. And, you know, I'm glad to see an enthusiast. Obviously, anytime an enthusiast takes over a shop, I think that's always a great thing. And Wenatchee is just, it's such a great area to ride. There's so much going on out there. So yeah. I hope that he has a lot of success, and I hope uh, we'll have a chance to uh, to chat with him soon and see what plans he has in the in the coming year or two. Yeah, because I think, you know, they have a life into winter out there with things like snowmobiles, snow bikes. Snow bikes are big, yeah. Uh, they've got the, the whole agricultural area out there, so they've got an ATV. Side-by-sides. You know, they've got, they got oh, a yeah. way to make it out there. That's right, yeah. So good luck to Brandon. Oh. Um, well, we saw a little post go by the other day, and I threw it up, and oh, man, did it go nuts. Turned out that post was almost two years old. Oh, no kidding. It was uh, Harley-Davidson had built some snow bikes for the X Games back in 2018. And so uh, I think you can go on and, and watch some of the stuff now. I think probably Red Bull or somebody made some videos of those snow bikes. Well, that action. makes sense, yeah. So now that you're saying that, I do seem to remember some discussion of that a few years ago. But I saw that post shared in more than one place as a as a modern post. Yeah. So it must have uh, caught fire and made the rounds again. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. And boy, have we got some comedians for Facebook readers, huh? Yeah. If you want to have a good laugh, go and check out that go thread that on, yeah, on the Soundwriter Facebook page. <laughs> Well, I have this down here as a surprise event on January 24th and 25th. But now I can tell you what it is. Confirmation. we've confirmed that we're doing it. Um, 2020 is the year of the rat in the Chinese calendar. Sure, yeah. So we are going to have the year of the rat bike show at the Backfire Moto watering hole on Aurora. Right here in Seattle. On the weekend of the Chinese New Year. Now, this is a fantastic idea. They've done such a great job sort of renovating that old space, the old Moto International there. It's a really yeah. cool spot, and this is a great way to to kick off the Year of the Rat. So we're going to take December, and we're going to corral up probably a dozen bikes and uh, maybe more. Maybe we can get some parked outside in front. Yeah, too. that's a great idea. Yeah, so that's uh, January 24th and 25th. Yep. Now, that's the same weekend as the Vancouver Motorcycle Show, but we will have it the two days. So you can go to Vancouver one day, and you can go to this one another day. Well, and since we were there the last two years, I I'm think not going back yeah, we've Vancouver had enough of that. So yeah. uh, I think this is, a, this is a good alternative. And might I say, if you are going to go to the Vancouver Show, which is a fine show, uh, probably take a detour and go check out the Treb Dealey Museum. Make that the highlight of your trip. Oh, yeah. That's what I would say. I would do that. Yeah. yeah. I'd make it a two-day trip and go up and do Trev Dealey one day and do the show the other day. And uh, if you go back in the archives of Sound Rider, you can find a listing of Pacific Northwest motorcycle coffee shops. And I believe there's a relatively new one in Vancouver, too. That so is correct. Go yeah. up there and uh, have yourself a nice meal by all accounts and a cup of joe before you head and see Trev. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay, if you're a Washington motorcyclist and you don't have an endorsement, 
prior to January 1st, you yeah. would have paid $136 as a fine. Now, if you get pulled over, you will pay $386 as the fine. And the state has the right at that point to have your bike towed. I've always said they they, they better tow it because they have the liability of that rider if they just sure. let him ride away. So a couple of thoughts on this. First question I want to ask you, do you think that this has anything to do with the tab reduction fees? No, this was already in the works okay. before that. So this was lo- – but do you think there was any anticipation that they had, like we need to maybe find some other ways to – to build out our, our well, infrastructure spending. What this has to do with is um, – hey, that sound finally went away. Yeah, it did. Good. A little background noise for you all there. Uh, what this has to do with is the Target Zero program. Okay. Well, yeah. And, and that's, so they're trying to make this fine stiffer so people go down and get endorsed. Right. Uh, and we know that you know the endorsement um, – Qualifications are going to change. Mm-hmm. You're going to have uh, harder testing going on starting on January 1st. Um, I think the motorcycle training schools are going to get busy because basically now you won't be able to even get a learner's permit until you can pass a moving test. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't know how to ride a motorcycle, how are you going to pass a moving test? There's only one way legally. And that is to go take a training class. But I feel like the way that it's written, you can still accomplish going from a complete novice rider to a licensed rider in two days, right? Because there's no time frame where you have to hold the permit. You just have to hold it. Oh, yeah. But, right? I mean, you've got to get the permit first, and the permit now requires a moving test. It didn't before. Right. But what I'm saying is you could still you, you'll still be able to dock it out in one day. Or in one weekend, right? It's not like, you know, if you're looking at this and you're going, well, geez, 2020 was going to be the year that I was going to learn to ride, but now I'm going to have to get my permit. I'm going to have to ride around on that for a year. And then a year after that, yeah, I'm going to go back. The, I don't know what the minimum and maximum is on holding a permit. Haven't done that homework. Right. So there's still a few questions to be answered. I do want to ask you one question here. Have you talked to anybody in the industry to kind of get uh, their feedback on this? I have. And what's the feedback that you're getting? Because I've been doing the same thing, so I thought maybe we could do a little quick compare of notes here. Okay. Um, I think that some of them – some of them don't agree with it. They, 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 you know, they, I've always said this is a good way to build the business going through the schools. So I don't have a problem with that, and I don't have a problem with people being asked to be a better rider just to get a permit, sure, and, and then to you know to have to basically go through the two-step process instead of one, sure. Because it used to be you could just you, you could know how to ride a, a motorcycle from riding a dirt bike somewhere. Oh yeah, and yeah. then you just waltz on over to the DOL, and if you could pass the test, you never even had to go to get any training. Definitely. And I think what's happening here is that they're kind of without saying, "Hey, you're required to get training now." They're kind of forcing people into training, which I don't really have a problem with that. So. One of the things that has come up a few times with the people I've talked to in the industry here in the state is that they feel like a lot of these decisions, especially on the uh, on the tail of the whole insurance, uh, the new insurance law that went into effect this year, are being made without input from the motorcycling community. Well, I think that as they go along, everybody can always chime up, and there is uh, a group that includes people within the community 
that is under DOL for motorcycles. Right. And they're supposed to meet, I think, like every two months or something like that. Right? Yeah. That's sort of uh, – that's supposed to be a public forum. I don't, I don't know if they've met, I think, though, and I think – since well, that's the July, thing. Whoever but... whoever's running all that doesn't send us any calendar dates or press releases or anything. So right. if there's no input from the motorcycle community, it's because they lay too low. Sure, and they could be a little bit more, uh, you know, express it a little bit more and let people know what's going on. You know, if they send it to me, I'm going to publish it. Oh, definitely. Well, I just I thought it was interesting to hear some of the thoughts from owners and shop managers and school providers that just. You know, kind of felt like, especially in the last year here, there's a little bit of a run. And we've talked about it before for the last couple of years. Transportation plans, you know, they mentioned bicycles at something like 30 to 1 versus motorcycles. Motorcycles hardly get any mention. And now, you know, a lot of people are feeling like they're passing these these laws and they're they're changing the state of the industry without referring to the industry. I thought it was just food for thought, something interesting to consider. But Yeah, well, and you know, the dealers never want to have it be harder for people to get an endorsement and because that makes they sense. want to sell motorcycles. Of course, so, yeah. So, um, you know, and, and I know I remember one day uh, a dealer said to me, well, I'm not the police. Because sure. I said, are you going to let a guy ride off the lot with no endorsement that probably doesn't even know how to ride a bike? Well, I, yeah, I will, I will. I thought, well, you know, what? You, but he's, he doesn't have an endorsement. Hmm. Oh, I'm not the police, he said. So I don't know. I think that's all good. You know, I, obviously target zero, in order for it to actually hit zero, you would have to make motorcycling illegal. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any. And question about it that. still wouldn't hear it hit zero because right. people would ride, and yeah. they will never be able to make it illegal because what if somebody comes in from out of state? You can't tell them they can't ride a motorcycle. In no, the state. and that that should even be a consideration, right? I mean, that's got to be a fundamental right to travel in a in a way that you see fit. But uh, I thought it was interesting. You know, maybe at some point we can have because we know obviously a lot of people who have been involved in the industry for a long time on a lot of different levels. It'd be maybe interesting to get sort of a roundtable discussion on the future of motorcycling in Washington. Yeah, it'd be good to, good to get at least one or two people on the show with yeah. us. It's finding the people who would work behind a microphone for that. Yeah, for sure. So. Because we're still on our uh, on our permit license for podcasting, so we don't want to make <laughs> yeah, any, <exactly>. any violations. <laughs> so. And God forbid if yeah. any of them write any word problems. <laughs> yeah, Man. that's right. We're five years in now. Hopefully, they'll let us uh, start podcasting at night and with a passenger sometime soon. But we'll oh, see. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of uh, of getting a pass, uh, NBC has coming what they call the Trek Pass, and so for four ninety nine a month. And I know a lot of our readers like to watch NASCAR, yeah. so you can watch NASCAR races for four ninety nine a month. But if you add a dollar ninety nine to that, you can also catch all the American flat track racing. Well, that's a pretty good deal. So for that's what uh, seven ninety eight. Yeah, you can get all of that. Six six ninety eight, four ninety nine and one ninety nine is six ninety eight. All right. So, well, you you were saying the math was a little tricky for you. <laughs> I still think it's seven, I still think it's <laughs> seven ninety eight. But <laughs> uh, let's see. Let me ask you this: Ever been to a NASCAR race? No, never. Uh uh-uh. uh. Okay. I've been to, uh, like, uh, back in California when they used to have the California 500 race at Ontario Motor Speedway. I went to that one time. And what'd you think? I thought it was a bunch of cars going around in a circle. Uh, I'm not yeah. into, like, circle track racing stuff. It's not so much my speed either, but I, I have been to the Daytona 500. The only one that really is, is, 
that gets me excited watching in a circle is flat track racing. Right. Because there's so much that can happen out there and there's so many ways that people can move around and, and you know, but it's, it, car stuff just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Uh, motocross, it doesn't, it's just a personal preference. That's know? right. Well, just a quick note on flat track here down at Tacoma Motorsports, their uh, service manager, Jim Spear, was at the Sacramento Mile. He took first in his, uh, in his age group there. Oh, good. Racing flat track. So good. a little shout out to Jim. Yeah. Uh, what else is happening? This is uh, sad news. Anybody who used to follow the San Francisco publication called City Bike, um, you may know that the print publication went down last couple of years ago. And then uh, it kind of, the online publication went silent back in June. And we got word in November that it was all over now. Um, the original, the head guy, Serge, had a motorcycle crash. Oh, geez. And uh, he's going through quite a bit to get healed up, and he decided to bag it. So no more city bike. Well, as you can attest, it's a lot to run a, uh, a motorcycling publication for uh, you know years on end. And uh, I can imagine it would be very difficult if uh, you were dealing with Healing. Yeah, a long yeah. rehabilitation. So you might know a little bit about that as well. I do. But, yeah. I, I know about all those like four-hour naps in the middle of the day. Right. So how are you going to run a magazine? Um, That's too bad, he, though. He did say that he may uh, slice and dice some of the old issues and put up ar- archives of, of the stuff they did. Okay, so, so you can still check them out on the web anyway. Monitor that. Yeah, keep yeah. an eye on that. Uh, you got me hip to this one. Uh, Craigslist is now going to be charging $5 to consumers, private parties, to list a motorcycle for sale. That's right. Did we ever find out, are they going to charge to relist? I believe $5, what I'm hearing is $5 for 30 days. For what? 30 days. For 30 days. That's okay. what I'm hearing, yeah. All right. Well, so if your bike doesn't sell for four months... You 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 done better by going with Soundwriter. This is uh, yes, that's a, that's an excellent point, and we should talk about that. Where you can list your bike until it sells on uh, until it sells until it sells. Um, what's the going right now on Soundwriter? Nineteen. Nineteen bucks. Nineteen, and your bike is always in the same position. It doesn't move up or down much. That's right. So if someone sorts it by. Uh, you know, ours is, is very sortable. You yes. can sort it by type of bikes. You can sort it by manufacturer. Can't do that on Craigslist. Uh, I don't think you can say, "Show me dual sport Hondas." Yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure. I haven't. Uh, I haven't been on Craigslist to buy a bike in uh, in, in quite uh, a few I years. At them the other day, I didn't see any sortability yeah. on them. But uh, regardless, this is a significant change, and I think it's going to have a pretty big impact on the marketplace there because there was a lot. A lot of volume of just stuff, parts, motorcycle, I mean, mm-hmm. all kinds of things on there. So it'll be interesting to see um, to see how that kind of works itself out and now how people really get uh, you know stern in their typing when they talk about no lowball offers. or I know what this bike is worth. Don't uh, – Yeah. Right? <laughs> don't, don't try to nickel me down yeah. there, buddy. Hey, well, you know, uh, in the next section, we're going to be talking about – in the next segment, we're right. going to be talking about some of the 2020 bikes. And so I was on the Honda site the other day uh, looking at some of the 2020 stuff and uh, started to see all of these non-currents still listed. So I just wanted to point out to our readers, if you're looking for a smoking deal on a non-current bike, yeah. 
they go all the way back to 2014. There's there's 2014 CTXs out in the marketplace. There are available, and so uh, you can use our site to see what some of the local dealers that that advertise with us have in stock. But I thought it was pretty interesting that Honda would continue to roll that on their. New bike page. Yeah, and there have been some some killer deals out there. Uh, how would you describe the 2014 CTX? I'd kind of say like a poor man's Goldwing. That's like a gothic thing. A little bit like, like that. A gothic paperweight. But the reality is, if you're looking for a reliable commuter, it'd be, uh, that would be a pretty good choice yeah. if you could pick one of these up brand new with a warranty for four or five grand. I yeah. Mean, that's, that's a slam dunk. For so. a good price. Yeah. So at least, I don't know if it'd be four or five grand, but it would be a better price, I would assume. Well, I feel like you can, I feel like these are about 700cc, right? Yeah. So think, well, and there's a 1300 cc version. Too, okay. I think, so. But I think if you get a 700 cc one. I think I've, I feel like I've seen one for four or five grand. But yeah, you know, might be. All right. So um, I alluded to the next segment being the interview segment, and that is because we are going to skip the calendar section this month. Yeah. Uh, on last month's show, we got you hip to all the toy runs that are going on in December. They are all on our calendar. And so for our listeners who like to listen to this show every month, we are not going to do a repeat on all that. Um, that's that's our Christmas gift yeah. to our readers. The calendar our the calendar this month is take this 10 minutes, spend it with your family on Christmas, and then get back to thinking about motorcycling. Yeah. So yeah. If, if you didn't catch a show last month, you can either catch that or you can jump on SoundRider and look at the calendar and you'll see what all the dates are that are going on. But there hasn't really been anything added no. since last month. So. so let's talk about new bikes in the next segment. We will do that. We'll be right back. Support for the SoundRider show is provided in part by Moon Motorcycles, a family-run operation located in North Bend, Washington. Moon Motorcycles features a diverse selection of used bikes to choose from, whether you're shopping for a used cruiser, sport tour, dual sport, adventure, dirt, sport bike, or street standard. You owe it to yourself to visit Moon Motorcycles and look over their large inventory. Have you got a used bike you want to consign? Get in touch with Moon Motorcycles today. So Mike Monahan out of Tualatin, Oregon, and most recent trip on my KLR 650 2015 was down the Oregon coast. And we camped at some great uh, state parks. Uh, the weather was phenomenal. Just had a great, great time. And then just before that, we did the Oregon Backcountry Discovery Route number four from Sisters to Seneca. And it was terrific, too. Great time, great weather. And uh, the bike would perform just great. Hey, this is Bob Gerby from Gordon Seated Clothing, and you're listening to the Sound Rider Show. Sound Rider Show. And of course, uh, over the last few weeks, ICMA over in Europe has unfolded, which means we get to see all the new 2020s and cover all that press here. So we thought, hey, it's the holiday season. Let's kick around some new models. Let's see what we might want to buy in the new year. And let's get the latest and greatest on what's happening in the world of motorcycling. All right. Well, the first one we're going to start off with is the Suzuki V-Strom 1050. 
Now, this bike... Did you notice we both took a long inhale on that? <laughs> <laughs> this bike broke a lot of hearts. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of people that were hip to a bike that Suzuki made called the DR Big, Yep. which was an 800cc dual sport. Yes. And they thought, well, oh, maybe, maybe we're going to get the DR Big. Well, you didn't get it. No, you didn't. It had the regular forks. It had all the standard stuff. Uh, in fact, I think it had like an alloy wheel. It didn't even have uh, spoked wheels on it. I'm not sure. I don't have the picture in front of me. But, right. But it wasn't really like a, you know a big dual sport bike that they thought would it be. However, there is a company called Desert Express who is making a kit now for the DR or for the V-Strom. That's right. Called yeah. the DR Big Kit. And that, you can purchase that as a separate item. You won't be able to buy that from a dealer, I don't think. But you can buy the new 1050 and then order up your DR Big Kit and convert it to the way people wanted that bike to be. So this is all very interesting to me because I'm not I, – I just – and look, obviously, I've, I've mentioned it a thousand times on the show. I'm a, I'm a DR350 loyalist. I like Suzuki. And in fact, I'm a big fan of the V-Strom in general because I think it's one of the best all-around value bikes that a person can buy brand new. Mm-hmm. If someone were looking to get into motorcycling and just as some sort of a leisure aspect, I would encourage if anyone told me they were going to make their second bike a V-Strom, I would, have, I would say that's a great choice. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there was a lot of people clamoring for a 1050 V-Strom uh, yeah, because no. we've had the, the V-Strom 1000 for so long. And I know we're going to talk about this a little bit here in the lineup, but I just – it's not better than the uh, the Africa Twin. No. It doesn't seem to me – you know, and, and then even with this kit, which is a phenomenal kit, and the bike looks great with it, but now you're talking about – you know, getting close to what eighteen or nineteen thousand. Yeah, exactly. On something like if, you this. Get, if you get the kid on top of it. Yeah, and I just I don't know where the demand is coming from for that. So you know, to each their own. But well, I think it's one of those things. You know, it's like a Steve Jobs saying, "We'll create the demand. Yeah. We'll, we'll make the demand for something nobody even asked for." Right. <laughs> we'll see about that. Well, if they can put a half. Uh, eaten piece of fruit on the side of this maybe they can get what they're looking for but i mean look and it's not to say it's a bad motorcycle i don't think it's going to be a bad motorcycle but any stretch of the imagination i just don't know if it competes i've always thought of the v-strom even the 650s um you know they're not stellar in the dirt they're they're sporky like things they can go in the dirt but they go on the pavement real nice and i always think of them as a really good road burner bike yeah i think it's i think 80 20 right would be would be your preference there. You'd want yeah. to be at least eighty percent of the time on pavement, and then some simple forest service roads. Simple if you have. stuff. Yeah. yeah, nothing too. No, no single tracks. No. And, you know, there's a lot of bike. Ten fifty is a big bike to have to haul and move around in the dirt. It certainly so. is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can go and take all the you know tricky dual sport classes and learn how to ride your big bike in dirt and all this. Sure. But you know, a lot of people won't do that, and they'll just go hurt themselves somewhere. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think it's a great commuter. I think it's a great road burner. I think uh, if you want to do some leisurely two up riding, you could probably do that on pavement. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, the occasional hey, we're going to take ten miles down this Forest Service road to see the sights. That would probably be its its wheelhouse. So, speaking of going to a larger motor than the last one, Triumph is coming with a nine hundred cc Tiger, and they had a ten fifty. I think they still do, right? I think so. Yeah. 
So I think this is going to – I think the 800 is going the way of the it, Dodo. Yeah, bird. that's going to go away. So I think Triumph should do a 600. I agree. I think that that would be a really nice kind of a, a, a way to get some people into Triumphs that otherwise they don't, they don't want a big bike. Yes. They're looking for a midsize bike, and that, that might be a nice thing. Could still doll it up with all your expensive boxes or soft luggage or whatever. Yeah, Triumph doesn't have anything that's got a 600 cc motor right now, do no, they? they? Yeah, don't. so they'd have to do something, you know, fairly new off of that or create a new motor or something. But yeah. I mean, it's not out of the question. I'm just trying to think about possible transitions there. But I would be down with a uh, a Tiger 600. I know a lot of people have transitioned to Tiger 800s over the year, and they swear by them. Yeah, you know. But to me, that that's still a really big bike. And, you know, I'm in the market for a new 600 dual sport. Right. So, um, you know, if, if I knew that Triumph had that, that might be something I'd be interested in knowing more about. Well, we'll have to uh, stay tuned, and maybe we can uh, send a letter to product development over there at Triumph and say, hey, get on it, guys. This is what we need. This is what the public demands. Yeah. Right? So uh, I think that uh, Ducati sort of did a, an interesting move prior to ICMA, and they released their whole 2020 lineup. All at once. They released all the information on yeah. it all at once. All the photos, all the write-ups and everything. Did anything stand out to you? Um, yeah, that new Divel is a really beautiful-looking work of art. Well, I, I, I agree nice. with you there, yeah. Did and then you? there was uh, uh, something that's going to replace the Multistrada. Are they getting rid of the Multistrada? Well, it looked like it. looked like it. I know, you know, they, 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 they got another Panigale, which... They got a new one every year. That's like Suzuki having a new GSXR 1000 right. every year, yeah. you know. <laughs> new graphics and paint. Uh, it's just not my my cup of tea, but you know, I thought that was an interesting move, and it actually got them a heck of a lot of attention ahead of the show. So when people got to the show, they were looking for the bikes, and then you know, those of us who couldn't go to the show, we wanted to find out more about. You know, it was just really great. It Smart was a marketing sneaky move, but yeah. it was great marketing. So. Well, and that's something for them too, right? I mean, you have to kind of – you should. You should be setting yourself apart from the pack if you're an Italian brand and the show is in Italy. Yeah. You know, you got you to work for it. So, But, I mean, it's – it's for me, uh, with the exception of the Diavel there, everything is – I mean, look, Ducati makes very attractive motorcycles, but I didn't see anything that sort of set my heart on fire. No, I but. think, you know, what, what I saw, I, I thought it was great art. Yes. You know, and yeah. that's, that's what they do. They create art. So, That's right, yeah. And they say it themselves. Remember they had, uh, what was it, the Art of Ducati show in San Francisco at the Mohai Museum. I remember that. And that really? was like, yeah, that was like 20 years ago. I was going to say, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. I kind of like the uh, the sounds of that, though, for the Seattle Mohai Museum. They should do something motorcycle related. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. The Art of Sound Rider, 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. Okay, another big motor. Honda is coming with an Africa Twin 1100. Yeah, which uh, is going to have more horsepower, more displacement, but is going to be an overall lighter motorcycle than the CRF yeah. 1000L. So apparently they've done some redesigns. And I think they've updated the swing arm, I read, and a few other things to make the um, – a few other tweaks to the frame to make it more – in air quotes here for everyone listening. Carbon off- fiber swing arm? Well, no, I think it's totally aluminum. <laughs> but, uh, but to make it more off-road capable. Um, 
But, you know, not anything major here, but that is an improvement. You know, they're trying to keep up, obviously, with the top-end KTM and, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, specifically, I think, KTM. And uh, this is a way to do it. I mean, look, this is – the Africa Twin is a terrific motorcycle. I think it delivered on pretty much everything that they promised, but it had all this pre-hype, and then it kind of – once it hit showroom floors, it it didn't – it didn't quite carry, I don't feel like, as far as I had thought it would. Well, I think because of, you know, the bike's already, what, four or five years old now? Now it is, yeah. I mean, in its current rendition. Yes. And we hadn't had it in the States for years before that. But do you remember so. the hype leading up to it? Like, yeah. it dominated the news cycle for like oh, eight yeah. months in the in the dual sport community anyway. Mm-hmm. And then it arrived on showroom floors, and a lot of people were like, we love it, but we're going to stick with the motorcycle we have. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And I think, again, too, they're missing the market in the midsize dual sport where they have, you know, the 650 XL. But that is like 30-year technology in that bike. Yeah. So let me ask you this, though, right? Because we now we go back on this show for five years where we've had mm-hmm. discussions like this pontificating. And four and five years ago, we talked all about that. And then we got the, uh, the CRF 450L. We got the Himalayan, right? And it seemed like everything was starting to trend a little bit in that in that direction. And now all of a sudden we're back on the other end and we're going up again. Yeah. Right? Well, we are until we start talking about KTM. That's true. But, uh, I mean, we've seen some mid-sized dual sports come into the market. The, uh, the Kawasaki... Uh, uh, the versus, versus three yeah. three hundred, yeah, three hundred versus. You know? If you want to call but, it, that's yeah. Not a there again, it's like a road right? burner, yeah. really. You know, but um, but I'm just wondering because, like, I don't. The CRF 450L was a motorcycle again that people were claiming that that's what they wanted, and then the sales have been fair to Midland at best. Yeah, because because the bike doesn't it doesn't begin to be a, a real dual sport motorcycle. It's not, you know, it's not, if I want to ride it on the road all day long, it's not the bike. And that's the problem is, is that the bike's not set up for, you know, you, you don't have to go to third party to get panniers for it and, and the mounts and all that. I agree. Yeah. And that the kind of money you'll have to put into that bike to get it where it will do a nice day on the pavement and be great off road at the same time is, it's probably twice the price. You know, you didn't spend as much as you spent on the bike. So let me ask you this, because you mentioned that you may be in the market. What's the best? What's the best option out there right now? Do you think? For me, nothing. That's the problem. So and, and what I would be looking at might be the Tenere Seven Hundred, which we still right. don't even have a release date on. Yeah. Although I'm hearing from area dealers that in the coming summer here, that there's speculation it will be on the demo truck. I've heard that. Yeah. But what – so I guess – well, the Tenere 700, so basically we're looking for something that is, what, 450 pounds, has 70 to 80 horsepower. Yeah, 600, 650 cc motor. You, I don't care if it's a single or a twin. I don't care. So that goes back. Is KLR going to shove that Versus motor into something when they inevitably re-release the, uh, the killer? Yeah, I think we will see a new KLR at some point. We have to. We got to. Yeah. I mean, that name has so much legacy behind it. Absolutely. But I think they're just letting the market cool out on it. Yeah. And, you know, they, they, Lord knows they got plenty of time if they want to put one together now and they can get it out at the same time Yamaha does it, and then everybody can decide. That's the truth, yeah. So. That would be very interesting to see. I'm. I, that's what I want to see. I just don't need another carbureted 
650 single. That was, that was fun. It's but a different animal. I'm ready to move on. Yeah. Fuel injected 600 cc's. Take note, America. Well, let's talk about those KTM's because there's a couple new ones out. There's what is there a new nine something adventure? Uh, so that's actually that's well, they're. Are you talking about the Husqvarna concept? No, no, no. no there's, a, there's a new KTM adventure, and then there's a KTM 390 dual sport. That's right. So I am most familiar with the KTM 390 Dual Sport. So let's talk about that. And let me just – I'm going to pull up some uh, some of the specs from some of the latest articles here. Uh, it seems like – I mean this makes sense to me, right? Off of the back of the success of the BMW 310, mm-hmm. you know, they were selling a lot of those, although they're still under stop order. Have you heard anything about this? No. Okay. Something about – They can't ship them right now. Yeah. It's something about like a rusty brake caliper or something, I think. Hmm. But uh, and they have been for a couple of months. Um, but the 390 for KTM, I mean, I feel like that's I feel like that's a pretty smart play. In fact, would you consider that in lieu of a uh, a mythical 600 cc dual sport? Because I feel like, and I'm going to try to find the horsepower specs here. I, I personally wouldn't because the reliability of KTM's is not where it's at in terms of compared to the Japanese. Bikes. Yeah, so you have to be a little more willing to wrench. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I'll rent one. Yeah. But, but I'm not going to buy one. Well, I said a little more willing to wrench, right? To, to oh, be to a, wrench. Yeah, to get in there and to work on it on a consistent basis. Yeah, and the other thing is is that the dealer network isn't nearly as big as most of the Japanese brands. So, you know, if you're talking about getting a dual sport bike out in the woods and you're going to go through Idaho, take a look on our – dealer directory online you'll yeah. see there's not that many ktm dealers in idaho so well and i yeah it's one of those things too sometimes you have to use a uh especially you know if you're on a honda you can use a tractor part or a snowblower part right to at least get you back it's to civilization. wire <laughs> yeah, to civilization. yeah so this anyway they pulled the motor it looks like out of the uh, 390 duke okay and it's looking like maybe about a top speed of 93 miles per hour um right around there anyway at least comfortably um yeah so it looks pretty cool but i mean it's it's what you would expect you know it's a little bit like a a cross between a 390 duke and a versus 300 mm-hmm. i would say got spokes in the wheels uh we're looking at pictures here right yeah now, i wouldn't folks. call those spokes those are not spokes no. yeah so, so there again i would i would shy away from right. a bike that didn't have spokes and this goes back to um the uh sort of the bmw 310 too the no spoke wheels on right that, so so these are good bikes for training. Yeah. <laughs> Let all the training schools buy them, I guess. And I, I, can you imagine a, a training school with all KTMs? Oy. That'd be a lot of work. Better, be have a, a little, better have a tech on hand, right? Tell me about that, that yeah. special yeah. program. <laughs> all right. Um, are you going to go on to the next one? Yeah, let's talk about one more here, The uh, at least okay. one more. The, the Husqvarna 901 Norden concept. Did you see this floating around at all? I did see some stuff go by on the internet. This is a road bike, right? Well, it's a dual sport bike, and that's uh, right now. It's uh, they say that they've spied some testing out there. Oh yes, that's what I saw go by the other day. But uh, let me see if I can pull up an image. Not that it will do. And any- and you know, honestly, what we've really been talking about here the whole time is bikes that are really coming to market. Yes. And so that's the problem with ICMA is you always get uh, uh, all the speculative, and then people are. 
bringing out these. Yeah, okay, so we're looking at this dual sport bike. It's pretty beefy. It's got inverted forks. It's got spoke wheels. That looks like a pretty nice choice for somebody who wanted a 900. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. It's got kind of a cool round headlight on it, which yeah. makes it look uh, very sort a, of... rally look Yeah, to it. utilitarian. That's exactly right. Yeah. Rally's a good way got to describe it. Got the soft bags on it there, yeah. and colors are nice. A little lime green going through it. Yeah. So it looks like they did kind of a cool job on it, but that's one that I definitely have my eyes on. Where's the 700? You know they got a 700 motor. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they could pull. Well, I wonder, well, maybe this is the same motor. Maybe they beefed it up, huh? Oh, yeah. Maybe it took the sleeves out, huh? Yeah, could have done that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this says it's an 889cc parallel twin derived from the 2021 KTM 890 Duke. A bike that delivers 119 horsepower and 73 pounds of foot torque. Mm, okay. But interesting enough on this, I thought, 21-inch front wheel. Yeah. Which well, is, that's the only thing that'll do you know, yeah. when you're doing dual sport. I'm not going for a 19-inch front wheel. But so few are out there now with uh, that 21-inch front wheel. So. Unless you go big. Yeah. Well, even still, there's a lot of 19-inch. Yeah, there's still a lot of yeah. 19s out there. Yeah. Uh, and the last two I have here, another motor that's gotten bigger. Uh, the BMW F900R Roadster and the XR Sport. Now, the XR Sport was in a 1,000 before, so they're bringing a smaller version of it. Not that much smaller, but uh, it's a good-looking bike. I like the XR Sport. Yeah, I think it's, it's a sharp motorcycle. Mm-hmm. I think both of these are, actually. Yeah. You know, both of these look pretty good, but the, uh, the BMW, the 900... XR Sport. What are the chances that you'd ever buy something like this? Uh, not me. Not for you. Not for me. No. Yeah, I I I I I that's too rich for my blood. I, I'd have to get in my four hundred one k. Yeah, I don't want to do that. <clears throat> do you, and then you know the the, the the what you have to pay for service on BMWs. It just doesn't work with my economics. Right. And so. and right now here in Seattle, anyway, it's still a little tricky. Of uh, yeah, go, I have to go know, all the way to Linwood. Got to go to Linwood. That's right. Yeah. Um, or all the way down to five. Yeah, down to uh, sound. But you know, I'm 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 a real cheap guy. I don't make a lot of money, so I don't have the kind of money to do. And you know, I don't want to say don't buy it. You know, we had a lot of listeners who enjoy their BMWs. Oh, no question. They ride them. They ride them a lot. So, yeah, I'm looking at the uh, the 900. You know, the XR right now, and it's you know, it's a nice motor. All these motorcycles are nice looking motorcycles. But I'm with you. I don't think that this would be the one for me. But you know, we kind of I think have similar tastes as far as the dual sport ADV touring aesthetic. That's kind of where we like to spend most mm-hmm. of our time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. You know, in, in terms of like a road burner, that's a really cool looking road burner. Right. Too. And when you bag it up, it still looks great. So absolutely. No, I agree with you there. All right. Well, that's our take on the new 2020s. There's, there's more. We'll talk about them through the years that come around. Uh, we're going to take a little break right now. And then when we come back, I've got some tips and tricks. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by Rock Straps. Tired of bungee cords that fray and break? You need to up your game with the number one tie down among riders. Rock Straps make it easy to get the right fit, no matter how large or small the load you're securing. Order a pair today from the Soundwriter Store at store.soundwriter.com. Hi, this is Stephanie from Big Enough Power Sports in Chilliwack. Uh, one of my favorite places to ride is up in the canyon near Boston Bar and up in the Merritt Valley. Just some really nice twisties in there and some technical stuff that gives you some area to practice with your bike and push your power sports father. Hi, this is Dale Gray from South Sound Honda Suzuki Polaris, and you're listening to the Sound Rider Show. 
just about to put the kickstand down here on this holiday edition of the Sound Rider Show. But of course, we would never leave you without a few parting gifts, some tips and tricks. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? You want me to kick things off here? Sure. What do you got? got some stuff going here. So I'm going to piggyback on uh, something that we had mentioned earlier in the News Bite segment about non-current bikes. Uh-huh. And I'm going to talk about two in particular that I have been seeing at ridiculously cheap prices floating around all throughout the Northwest here. Okay. That is the Husqvarna 401 Svartpillen uh-huh. and the Yamaha R3. Yeah. Right? Both, That's I think. Sport bike. Yes. Both, I think, good quality motorcycles. I have been seeing these, believe it or not, non-currents, you know, most of the time in 2018s, occasionally pop up brand new for as low as $3,000. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So keep your eyes peeled for that because although those are rare occurrences at three grand, there's a lot in the uh, below 4000 range, and you can get a brand new motorcycle if that uh, is what you're looking for. And the Husqvarna, it's called the – I, I, I can the, never enunciate yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's the Svartpillen. Spark villain, okay, yeah. and that's that's uh, that's like a three ninety motor in it, right? Uh, yes, yeah. Okay. So it's got like a little cafe racer style. It has kind of chunky tires on it, though. I don't think you would want to take it uh, onto the dirt. I don't think the suspension travels there no. for it. But very cool looking motorcycle if you just want sort of a fun commuter or something to to ride around on. I put some knobbies on the R three and take that in the dirt. Let's do it, uh, <laughs> a la our friend Arun. You remember back at the Portland International Motorcycle oh, yeah. Show, you had that uh, had that Ducati yeah. Street Fighter with all the antlers and stuff. That's on right, it, yeah, jawbones, yeah, and the Desert oh, Storm God, Brown and all that kind stuff. of thing. So that was funny. But yeah, keep an eye out for those uh, for those hot deals out there because you know if you're looking to maybe get into sport bike riding, the R three is a great motorcycle. You know you can entry level get in on that or if you just want something that's a little unique and you know interesting you can go spark pedaling yeah all the way home yeah well my tip is uh we talked earlier in the show about some gifts ideas that you could do and you know a lot of people are not really into buying things anymore yeah and uh, someone said it the other day they said you know um this this holiday i am gifting experiences so, like for Connie, I'm going to gift her a trip to the Oregon Shore or, nice. or a nice dinner out somewhere, yeah. stuff like that. And um, I'd say in motorcycling, you know, look around at the things that are there for you to gift as an experience. Um, we talked about that motocross track up at Whidbey Island. That's right. Um, you know, we don't have a lot of motocross tracks around here, but we know there's a lot of people with motocross bikes. For so sure. maybe you need to go explore that track and take your buddy with you and and buy him a, a day. It's only 30, 30 bucks a day Yeah, to Same go out to that track. Yep. So uh, consider that. Consider a rally that you could gift somebody. Uh, whether it's ours or the Baker City Rally or the Pendleton Rally or whatever, uh, you know, give somebody that experience. Um, we got the Cafe to Cafe Grand Tour that course, we do every yeah. year, that, and a lot of people like to gift that. Uh, I'm I'm working right now, and by the time we get the show up, we should have all these things functioning for 2020 in the online store. So if you want to. If you want to gift Cafe to Cafe, I know you can buy that right now. Yep, it's ready to um, go. And we'll, we'll get the rally open and we'll get the road trip tour for June up there. So uh, consider all those things as something rather than just, you know, buying something else that 
you're going to ride around for a while and sell or whatever. You know, if you don't need another bike, then don't get them a bike. Yeah. You know? And if you don't have any money to spend, you can give the greatest gift at all of all a free subscription to SoundRider.com. That is true. Go sign you and your friend And it's up. easy enough. Just get right on the page there. Click the subscribe free. You can sign all your buddies up. And then if any of them doesn't want it, it's easy enough for them to opt out later. That's right. But so. they'd have to be crazy. Oh, they'd have to be to crazy. not want it. They have to not that. really like motorcycling yeah. if they opted out. All that moto knowledge jam-packed in there. So, All righty. Well, that is our holiday show. And... Uh, we want everybody to have a safe and sane holiday, and we will look back to look forward to seeing you all back here for the January show. 2020, here it comes. The Sound Rider Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patience of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of mixed media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world, including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on the Sound Rider Show.